Hi, and welcome to Reverse Sequels. My name is Ellie, and with me, as always, is... Patrick. And on today's podcast, we are discussing Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Mamma Mia 2 tells the story of a woman named Sophie who is trying to open up a hotel in Greece, which was her mother's dream. And at the same time, we are flashing back to her mother as a young woman fucking her way across Europe. I I don't know how else to put it. Else to put it. It's her mother banging a bunch of dudes and not being sure which one of them is her father. It's a weird fucking movie. I think that about sums it up. I this mean, movie was so weird. <laughs> I thought it was going to be weird, and it was even weirder than I imagined. Let's get into, before we get into anything with the actual plot, let's get into what we each thought this movie was going to be about. <laughs> I'd love to. This was really hard. We try not to discuss our thoughts while the movie's taking place, but we both had shared what we anticipated this to be about. I thought this was a woman looking for her birth mother who finds herself along the way. I thought that was going to be the plot. You thought... I thought this movie was about ABBA. (laughs) That's the one thing I knew about this movie is that it was inspired by ABBA. I thought it was like a musical biopic about ABBA, which is weird, but this is even weirder. I knew that it had nothing to do with ABBA. ABBA but why are the they soundtrack. all ABBA songs? Why is ABBA the soundtrack? Here's, that's a great question. And here's another question that I have to add to that. What is this movie about if you take out all the ABBA songs? <laughs> the, the actual plot is so thin. We know nothing about the Sophie character. Well, that could be something we missed from the first one. All right, but you still have to develop character in the second one, too. All she's doing is opening a hotel because it was her mom's dream. The whole movie is about how everything is about her mom. It's a little weird, I have to say. She's completely living in her mother's shadow in a creepy way. Yeah, she has nothing... It's not normal. Going for herself. She's opening this hotel because it was her mother's dream. And then she's got this boyfriend named Skye who seems terrible. And now she finds out she's pregnant. And the first thing she says is like, oh my God, it's just like my mom. Oh, I'm pregnant just like my mom. I'm so close with her now. I'm so connected. Live your own life, girl. Let's get into that. There's so many layers I want to pick apart with this. I want to go back to why this is about ABBA. Well, that is a question that I did have, which was, why was this movie made? I don't know. So, okay. We know it's based on a musical. Oh. the Well, that's in the credits. I thought it was based on the music of ABBA. The musical is based on the music of ABBA. And the movie is a version of the musical. But Okay. Then why was the musical made? Great question. Some I don't know. Of all the bands, of all the artists... Why ABBA? First of all, and I love ABBA. You know what I'm thinking? This is the only, follow me here, this is the only thread I can think of. You know how some people say, if you play the Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon at the same time, <laughs> right. it, it tracks. Up. 
I think somebody was listening to ABBA songs and was and like, they thought, oh, this is the story of a woman who doesn't know who her baby daddy is. Yes. What? They were like, what if we tied all of these songs together? They're about love and loss and reemergence and the 70s and free love. I think maybe that's what? the thread. Uh I, I don't understand at all. I don't understand why it's ABBA. I thought it was about ABBA. My second question is, who is this movie for? Well, white people, for sure. Yes, this but... This is the whitest movie in the history of film. Of what This age? makes Birth of a Nation look diverse. <laughs> like, this movie is so white. It reminded me a lot of Marigold Hotel. Oh, Yes. A lot like Exact Marigold Hotel, but whiter. And also, in that movie, we discussed a lot about the colonialism taking place. I felt that the portrayal of the people of Greece was <laughs> awful in this movie. I did too. All the Greeks are just a bunch of like poor, drunk fishermen or crazy like old ladies. or Speaking half English <laughs> and just there to kind of... They're be all, servants to the white people. Yeah, they're all like yokels. Kind of like the way Dev Patel was in Exotic Marigold Hotel. A little bit. Yeah, it's... I don't know. If you dig into it, it's real weird. And Colin Firth was in both of these. Was Colin Firth in Exotic Marigold Hotel? I thought he was. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Michael Caine. Wait, was Michael... Oh, no. Wait. No. Was he? Shit. Let's Google that. Was he? <laughs> Don't question my Colin Firthiness. I love Colin Firth. No. Judy Dench, Tom <laughs> Wilkinson. No? No, no Colin Firth. Are you sure? Yeah. What? The writer is the same writer. The writer of Exotic Marigold Hotel was the director of this movie, Ole Parker. I remember because I was like, what a weird name, Ole Parker. Oh, this makes so much sense now. This makes perfect sense. What a revelation. Are we going to... Mid... Yeah, mid... But now we have to keep this all in. Mid-podcast revelation here. All right, so... My mind is blown. Yeah, because this reminded me a lot of that movie, too. But in going with your lack of diversity and British colonialism, Ole Parker might have a certain purview here. (laughs) Absolutely. This movie... It was one of the few where I wanted to stop the movie and start the podcast immediately, (laughs) mid-movie. I had so much to say as it was taking place. I wish we were recording it live. That might have been better, yeah, because what? It was so weird. So let's get into the plot a little bit. So in my recap, you might think I'm exaggerating, but there's really not much more to the plot. So everything is told. It actually weirdly reminded me a lot of The Godfather 2. How so? I feel it drew so much on Godfather 2 because half the movie is a flashback. So in Godfather 2, it's divided by modern day Michael Corleone and the origin story of Vito Corleone. And this is, we're seeing Sophie in the present day dealing with reopening this hotel and throwing a big party really loose plot like that's all that's happening she's reopening a hotel and there's guests coming and at the same time we're showing the flashback to her mother in 1979 as she has this crazy week where she sleeps with three different dudes who now are all calling themselves sophie's father which we'll have to get into i do also 
want to go through the plot as it was unraveling for us. Yeah, and I don't mean to slut shame here. Like, good for her for, you know, having sex with all these dudes, but why is that the plot of a movie and a musical with ABBA songs? None of it makes any sense to me. (laughs) I have no answer to that. I have no answer to that. I do want to talk about how essentially the plot of this movie is this woman, it's the 70s, Almost the 80s. Yeah, late 70s. She's like this wild spirit. She's beautiful. She's got blonde hair, blue eyes, no money, and she can sing, and she's just living her way across Europe. My big question for both her and her daughter, who's paying for everything? How are they surviving? How are you renovating a hotel. How are you in the late 70s? You just got on a boat. You're just, where's this money coming from? And is it just you're a young, pretty girl, so the world is your oyster and things are granted, doors are opened to you? I kind of don't like that as a plot either. I don't either. I mean, this is like white privilege of the movie. The young Donna Sheridan in this movie talks about how her mom is always on tour. First of all, I thought her mom was in ABBA because I thought I was still to the end thought this movie was about ABBA. It's not. It's not. So her mom, she's like, my mom's always on tour. So I think her mom was a famous, successful musician. So she just grew up with money. And I think after she graduated, she's just traveling the world and has no direction in life and is trying to find herself. That sounds great. Yeah. But have a famous mom. But I don't feel like there's any conflict. Like, if it was someone who had no direction in life and was struggling, she wanted to be a singer, she had to scrape by for herself. But if you're rich with no direction, that's not a problem. You have time. That's a great point. No, this... This isn't really a movie in the traditional sense. It's basically an extended music video with a bizarre plot line strung to it. Because you're right, there's no conflict. Sophie sort of has a conflict. Her boyfriend wants to live in New York because he got offered a job there. And she's reopening this hotel, but there was a big storm. So all the guests didn't show up. The The opening of her hotel might have gone bad. But That's sort of a conflict. But then in the backstory... No, there's no, there's nothing. It's just a woman going around, meeting dudes, having sex with them, throwing off her leftovers to her friends. Yeah. And then eventually, at the end, she gets pregnant. But up until that point, no. Nothing really happens. We were an hour into this movie, and I was like, nothing has happened so far. Well, I mean, three sexual encounters had happened. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it from the top. The movie opens with Amanda Seyfried singing and writing letters. So first of all, to me, it was a surprise. I didn't know Amanda Seyfried had this ability. She was singing. She sounded good. I didn't realize. But that was the opening scene was notes, not dialogue (laughs) singing. Yeah, but we do get she's addressing invitations to this reopening of this hotel called the Belladonna. And she writes three to dad. Yes. So we right off the bat get, okay, she's got three dads. Then she goes down the staircase. She sees some people working in the hotel. And then there's a bizarre photo of Meryl Streep on the wall. It looks like a memorial photo. It also looks like she's singing into a spoon or a ladle. (laughs) 
And she's like, I wish she could be here. Yeah, so, so we're like, wait, I thought Meryl Streep was the star of this movie and she's dead. She's apparently dead, which follows the sequel phenomenon of the dead wife or mother. Always the dead mother. So that's crazy. And then she has her memorial picture on the wall. I can't wait to see the first one because Meryl Streep's wig is awful. <laughs> or if she grew out her real hair, teased it out. It does not suit her. Did you think that the young Donna Sheridan looked anything like Meryl Streep? I thought she looked more like Jessica Lange. <laughs> yeah. I really did. But apparently the daughter's running late. They say, oh, that's a, a trait of the Sheridan girls always running late. And then we get our first flashback of Donna Sheridan running late to her college graduation. Where, where she's the valedictorian. Yes. And she's wearing these gold go-go boots. She gets on stage, starts giving a speech, rips off her cap and gown and is wearing a jumpsuit. Her two best friends jump on stage and they start singing a song, When I Kissed the Teacher. If it's your graduation from university, <laughs> isn't there a more appropriate song you could sing? First of all, this was kind of the first like big song and dance number. I mean, there had been songs, but this one was like extended. It's a whole big choreographed dance. They leave, they're oh, bicycling. I have a the lot to say about that. Dancing. I have a lot to say about this dance number. We can't gloss over it because... Go for it. The three of them jump into the crowd of their classmates, and all three have a simultaneous coordinated body surf. <laughs> yeah, the best body surfing since Triple X. It was incredible. Then, like you said, they all leave on bicycles. Not just the three women, but the whole class. Where did they get all those bicycles? I don't know. Does and everyone in the class ride a bicycle? And how come when... They started the number, they pressed play on a stereo, implying that they were playing music. But then they all leave the auditorium, so did somebody bring the stereo? Where's all the music coming from? Did everyone else get a diploma? (laughs) (laughs) Should they just stop the graduation right there? Yes! Well, I think she was the valedictorian speaker, so it must have all been over by then. I thought the valedictorian came out at the beginning. (laughs) I I don't know. Also, as she's coming up to give her speech, the dean... Uh, says to her, you're going to do great things. Which I thought was going to be like this overarching message of the movie. I guess it kind of is. She's this free spirit. These are her two best friends. I guess their band is Donna and the Dynamos. Well, I was wondering if that's maybe ironic. But that ties into maybe my predictions for the first one. So I'll save that. I don't know about that. Okay, we could talk about that. Um, And then they all jump split in the air. And it freezes. And I need to know, did they land in a full split? (laughs) You'll never know. Did they land in water? They were near a body of water. You'll never get to find out. How did they land? I have a a bunch of questions. I I just, I cringed (laughs) so hard during that scene. I, I just thought it was so embarrassing. Like, I was just embarrassed for everybody involved. I thought it was awful. My question is this. You know... Singing in the Rain. Yes. One of the best movies ever, one of the best musicals. But the genesis of Singing in the Rain was basically that the studio had a bunch of old songs that they had the rights to. And they gave them to a screenwriter and were like, put all these songs in a movie. And the screenwriters were like, how are we going to do this? And they came up with this plot, like, what if it's about the transition between silent and talkie, so we'll get to use all the songs here. Here's my question. Did somebody just own the rights to these ABBA songs and give them to somebody and be like, see if you can fit all this shit together in a story? And this is all they could come up with. Kind of playing off of that, here's my question. Are we in a world where 
these are recognized covers of ABBA? <laughs> or are we to believe that these are original songs that they're just producing? Because they say, like, my mom's group, Donna and the Dynamos. Yeah, were these all her songs? And then they're all singing ABBA songs. When they're performing on stage, are people in the audience singing along because they know the ABBA song? Is her graduating <laughs> class singing along because they know the ABBA song? Or is it a musical where people just join in and these are considered original songs? I have no idea. I don't know the answers to these questions. But like this I kissed the teacher thing, it just seemed real shoehorned in. Like, we got this song, oh, let's have it be at a graduation, and her talking about kissing her teacher. Or like Andy Garcia is in this movie, and he's just this real arbitrary character. He's kind of helping Sophie run the hotel. And you're always like, who is this guy? Why is he here? Then at the end, it turns out his name is Fernando. And I was like, is he just here so they could sing Fernando? Like they just needed to get that song in there? Maybe. Yeah. I hate it. Also. But if you have a song named Fernando, why would, and you're writing a musical. <laughs> you got to put a Fernando in why there. Why wouldn't you name one of the characters Fernando? I just feel like you could have made it a little more organic to the story. My second question. This is a sequel to a movie based on the Broadway play. Is there a sequel to the Broadway play? Well, that was part of my question was, were when it started initially, I wanted to know if these were all also ABBA songs. Are they the same ones played yes, in the first that's one? That's also my question because I was like, all right, these are some B-side songs. We're like not going to the teacher. We're not going to get the hits, but then we do. We get Dancing Queen, Fernando, we get Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. So are when they we, in the first one? Yeah, when we watch the first one, do we have to see all these same fucking songs again? I'll throw the TV out the window. <laughs> I'm not, not going to be able to handle it well, if we have to see Dancing Queen again. It's not even like we get a snippet. There's an entire five-minute long sequence to Dancing Queen. I, I think for sure we're going to hear Dancing Queen in the first one. If I have to, I'll throw oh that prediction out right God. now. Because and Mamma Mia? They call her mom our little Dancing Queen. Yeah. So I have a <laughs> strong feeling... What? That there's going to be a lot in there. But, yeah, this one was packed with music. Does the first one have more or less music? Or equal amounts? And are the songs repeated? But is this one based on a sequel that was on Broadway? Like, was there a Mamma Mia 2 on Broadway? I don't think that's possible. Do they make sequels to Broadway musicals? I don't think that's we can, possible. We can have a whole spinoff, Reverse Sequels Broadway Edition. We go see Cats 2. Miss Saigon 2. <laughs> Hamilton 2. Chicago 2. That'd be great. I can't, but I don't know if it exists. Um, I, I really don't, don't think that there's sequels to Broadway plays. Okay, also, do you think they only made this sequel because the actual lyrics of Mamma Mia go, Mamma Mia, here we go again. And it's just too perfect a subtitle for a sequel. They were like, even though it makes no sense, we have to do a sequel to this. I feel like everyone who participated in this movie had a great time. And I feel like they're all well-known actors. Very similar to Exotic Marigold Hotel, which was also shot in an exotic location. I think everyone just wanted to go to Greece. Could be. I mean, And that, spend the time filming there. That is one thing I will say. Everybody's definitely having a really good time with this movie. So if it seems like I'm shitting on the movie and you're like, I like that movie. I That's fine. I get it because it's a fun time. And if you're just like, it's pure joy on screen. I don't care about the plot. Fine. But I don't know how it is pure joy. I love... You love ABBA. I love ABBA. <laughs> I'm going to say it here loud and proud. 
I also love musicals. It's one of my favorite movie genres. I'll go so far to say that. I did not like this movie. Also, how is this pure joy of a young girl living in the shadow of her dead mother with an ambiguous paternity? Here's the thing. I think if you turn your brain off and you're just like, I just want to see songs strung together with a loose plot connecting them that I'm not digging that deep into. I would argue it could have been done much, much better. You, <laughs> well, that's for sure. I don't know. I think... Maybe the first one is. Well, let's get into... Some of the characters. We have Sophie, as we mentioned. She's the main character played by Amanda Seyfried. She's in Greece. Her mom died a year ago. And she has her boyfriend, fiance, Sky. Ladies, never date a guy named Sky. I'm just, that's not going to work out. I, I, I did not like him from his first moment on screen. He's in New York going to a hotel manager conference where they offered him a permanent job as a hotel manager he's british yeah what were they just like you were killing this conference your note taking (laughs) is great work here forever he wants to stay in new york makes sense he's telling her stop living in this tiny village where there's nobody and he's not wrong stop living your mother's dream and let's go to new york and open our own Yeah, there's this weird line, though, in that conversation. She's like, you're dedicating your whole life to your mother. And she was like, yeah, but she dedicated her whole life to me. That's not good for either of you. You have to live your own life. But also, his message isn't wrong. But for some reason, he's so unlikable. I hate Sky. I I the name is like 90% of it. Maybe. And then it seemed like they were definitely breaking up because she was refusing to leave. She's on the... Eve of the grand op- re-grand opening of this hotel. She made mention that like millionaire investors were part of the guests invited. Yeah. That's why it was so important that they get there. That's why the storm ruining it really dashed her hopes. Old Parker just loves hotel movies. It's you just know his what? thing. All about hotels and openings. Yes. It's his thing. I I want to dig deep into his <laughs> life. I'm so curious. Then we also get The mom's two best friends also feature prominently in the movie, but since Meryl Streep's character has passed away, they're there to support Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. The mom's two best friends are Tanya and Rosie. Tanya Tanya is Christine Baranski, who I love. kills it. She's playing like a bawdy older woman. Yeah. Again, another theme that was prominent in Exotic Marigold Hotel. And Rosie, played by Julie Walters. Okay, I didn't recognize her. I didn't either, but I looked her up, uh-huh. and I found two fun facts. Ooh, okay. She's Mrs. Weasley in all the Harry Potter movies, Okay, which might help recognize her a bit more. But for us and our listeners, you might know her as Mrs. Bird oh, from, from Paddington. Paddington. Oh, I love Mrs. Bird. So she likes to play this kooky character. Yeah. And she is a bit kooky. She... We got to get into each of these best friends. They're part of the Dynamos. Yes. So it's Donna and the Dynamos. We got to get into the friends and the dudes. And, okay. That's where I was going. I was going daughter and boyfriend, two best friends, and now the three possible fathers of Sophie. We get Colin Firth. Harry. Harry. Bill. Stellan Skarsgård. And Sam. Pierce Brosnan. So right. three great actors, and then in the flashback, we see her meeting all these dudes 
And banging them. In a younger form. Yeah. And I mean, good on these guys. Harry, Colin Firth's character, maybe is my favorite one. I liked Harry. He's He's, got a sex pistol shirt, but he's a sweet virgin. He works in a bank. Yeah. He's a sweet virgin. His song was Waterloo. That was my favorite sequence, actually. They're having a little date in a cafe, and they do this crazy long dance to Waterloo, and there's Napoleon costumes and dancing on tables. That one was cool. But I also liked how he straight up asked her, can we have sex tonight? I'm a virgin. I want to lose my virginity to you. And she's like, we just met. It's a bold move. I respect that. Then he sings Waterloo. And she's like, okay. Then they bang. Let's get it on. I, that worked? Yeah, totally worked. Good on Harry. He's a little uptight. He goes looking for her. She misses the ferry boat that she needed so desperately. Right. So she tells Harry. So they're in Paris. And then she tells Harry, like, I got to go to Greece. I think he's like, why? And she's like, I don't know. But I think my calling is in Greece. I got to go. So, yeah, she goes to take this ferry to this island. And he does chase after her. But he misses the ferry, too. So yeah. he can't go. But right as she's missing the ferry, another good-looking European man shows up. It's it this, just yeah. She, they're just she's like a magnet for her dudes. Well, she's blonde hair, blue eyed. She's in Europe. American women have an international reputation of oh, really? of being easy. Well, she's not <laughs> doing much to change that reputation. And these European men, I don't know, they're going for it. She meets Bill, who's Swedish and a sailor. He's got a boat, and he's like, "I'll take you." Yeah, but they don't bang initially. First, we meet a bunch of side characters. We meet, I think, your favorite character, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Oh, God. Are you talking about Alexio? Not Alexio. Oh. I was going to say the ferry boat ticket. (laughs) I do like the ferry boat guy. Yeah, every time he stamps your passport, he makes a comment about your hair or your age. I do like the ferry boat guy. Um, so he's like a nice running character, but then we do meet Alexio and Apollonia. Oh uh, yeah, I loved Alexio. So Alexio is like a fisherman and he's going to stop a wedding because his, see, another thing that reminded me of Godfather, he's going to stop Apollonia. <laughs> so he's going to stop Apollonia from marrying a rich guy, even though he's a poor fisherman, they're in love, but his boat like runs out of gas. So Bill and uh, Donna give him a ride and then he jumps out of the boat and he's like, Apollonia, they're in love. Then... Nearly 40 years later, one day at random, Alexio runs into the now grown-up Bill, played by Stellan Skarsgård, and he's like, oh, hey, do you remember me? It's me, Alexio. No. What? The guy you met one time 40 years ago? Look, on a very important moment, he saved him. I'll buy that. He didn't look anything like he did when he was younger. I'll buy that. You know what I didn't buy? You know what really stuck in my craw? What? Everyone has the same hairstyle for 50 years. (laughs) I don't like that as a thread. Christine Baranski Mm -hmm. does. The other best friend does. Right. The mom becoming Meryl Streep has that terrible wig. The daughter does. I think that's that's how they're trying to keep the continuity. I also noticed that all three younger actors, I feel like we're doing impersonations of the older actor that they knew they were supposed to be. But... Change the hairstyle somewhat. <laughs> that didn't bother me as much oh, as that drove Alexio recognizing this guy 40 years ago. No, later. I think Alexio would remember that moment forever. But the guy doesn't look the same. You would remember. Okay. So then, <laughs> so she shows up to this little island in Greece. But then Bill says... Bill's like, all right, later. Yeah, I'll be back in three weeks to check on you. So we'll, ba- we'll, we'll bang later. Basically. So... She goes to this, like, abandoned house that, I don't know, she's going to squat in it? 
Yeah, and then inside the house is a horse. There's a horse in the basement of a house. There's a storm. Everyone gets, like, wet, and the storm knocks the ceiling down, and the horse is going crazy. So she, some man appears out of nowhere, yeah. because anything's possible if you're a young, pretty girl. You <laughs> Men just, are just showing up. You could squat in a house. There's men left and right. Yeah, whenever you need a man for a boat ride or to save yeah. a horse, he appears magically. So Sam That's appears. Sam. yeah. And so they have kind of this love affair. For three weeks. Perfect timing. Right. Until she discovers he's engaged. Yeah. Dirty dog. Yeah. So he's engaged. So she breaks up with him. Then she goes back into the arms of Bill. So now these are the three guys, Harry, Sam, and Bill, that she has had sex with within a couple weeks. Then when she finds out she's pregnant, she's not sure which one is the father. Also, her friends come to visit her in this time. I don't know how they found her. There's no phone. She's in how a did they afford to house. come to Greece? Good question. <laughs> how is anyone affording any of this? Yeah, they show up and then uh, the one friend, Rosie, is like real upset that she's with Bill because she likes Bill. And she's like, oh, why can't you know I get this good looking man? And then later it turns out that they did date. But then Bill cheated on her. I know. He's supposed to be a playboy. But don't you think it's sad for Rosie? She's just living in the shadow. She's just like a, yeah. a destiny child to Donna's Beyonce. Exactly. She's just, you know, one of the, the Supremes. Also. Getting the leftovers. I also didn't like how even as old women and as young women, they're like, oh, you're heartbroken have some cake and carbs and wine. There, yeah, that this was very oh like that line where she was like, "My soulmate is carbs," and then Tanya says, "Mine is wine." Oh, I cringe so hard. How can you reduce women to either in love or Ugh. eating and drinking? It was just awful, awful. We find out. That Donna, she never had her dad in the picture. Her mom was on tour. So she's kind of like this free spirit, but also left alone. Interesting. Yeah. So then when she finds out that she's pregnant, she's like going to do it alone. So it turns out this farmhouse she's been squatting in belongs to this woman who owns this coffee shop that she's been singing in. And she's just like, you can live there for free. If you want to like fix it up, you can live there. Because no you problem. have a good heart. Yeah. Then the woman helps her deliver her baby. Yeah. I mean, like, she'd be screwed if not for that woman. You're in a remote village in Greece. People are looking out for each other. But really, this girl just stumbles into good fortune undeservedly. <laughs> I don't get what the allure is. She's got some great hair. She can sing. Yeah. She looks good in a bikini. That's all you need. I guess so. But there's also this super weird... So like I said, it's we're showing the present day story and it's flashing back to the... Uh, the the story of Meryl Streep when she was young. And when it all kind of matches up, so we find out that in the present day, Sophie is now pregnant. And she's like, oh, I'm so connected to my mom. And then kind of the last song that she sings, it's like this ballad that she's singing. And it's juxtaposed with her mother giving birth. So it's like this weird birth music video. Where? <laughs> what? What's that? There were like three endings to this movie. Yeah, the movie ended First, and restarted a lot. There was a, the grand hotel opening, yeah. which let's talk for one second about the hotel manager, Senor Cien, Cienfuegos. Right. That's Andy Garcia. Who goes up to each of the friends, kisses their hand, and delivers what is supposed to be like a witty line. 
but is like the shittiest line I've ever heard in my life. He's like, your heart beats like a flamingo. And I don't know if it was meant to be funny because he's just exotic and Spanish and oh, amazing. It was terrible. But he's like living with heartbreak too because the love of his life, Ruby, he thought he'd never see again. Then it turns out that she shows up and it is Sophie's grandmother. Who is never dependable, has never been around, but somehow flies in on a helicopter for this great grand reopening. And it's Cher. In a blonde wig. So right when you thought that this movie couldn't make less sense, Cher shows up to sing ABBA songs. But I think with the introduction of Cher, they needed to add another 30 or 40 minutes of the movie to give her to give her, her more than a cameo. Yeah. yeah. Again, why ABBA? If I was Cher, I'd be like, why does ABBA get their own musical? Where's the Cher musical? What about my songs? The whole I, the whole movie, I just said, why ABBA? Yeah, why ABBA? But not because I dislike Such a weird ABBA. Because I like ABBA. I don't dislike them. It's just a weird choice. Weird choice. Agree. A hundred percent. Cher and Cienfuegos fall in love, start making out. Which was just an excuse for her to sing Fernando. Yes. That's it. Then there's that weird birth montage you were talking about. Then it would be like, oh, the movie's over. No. Then Amanda Seyfried finds out she's pregnant, announces it to everyone at the grand opening. Then, nine months later, everyone's going for a (laughs) baptism. Yeah, another godfather thing. She had a boy. They're all going to the same place where she was baptized by her mom. Yeah, this like little church. And then there's kind of this weird thing where her and her mom are duetting. The Over the baptismal (laughs) font. (laughs) And then the movie ends, but then... There's like a share and all the cast sing their credit montage. Yeah, that yeah, that was just kind of like the movie is over and now we're just going to do a fun thing. I actually liked that. You get to see the young and the old versions of each character sing together and that was fun. It just <laughs> but kept yeah. going and going. It's and a long going. movie. It's like almost 2 hours long. Yeah. Whew. There was a lot going on there. A lot going on. So now, are you ready for your prediction? Yes. Oh, wait. One thing I forgot. No, two things I forgot to mention. One, is the man that Christine Bransky ends up with at the end, who's supposed to be Andy Garcia's brother, is that the most interesting man in the world from the Dos Equis commercials? It looked like him. I, I don't know for sure. <laughs> so, I like that part. <laughs> I don't know for sure. That I enjoy. Also, I like the share line where she tells her granddaughter, you have glitter in your veins. So, enjoyed yeah. that line from Cher. Well, I guess there are all these performers. I mean, where would Meryl Streep's character have been if she didn't inherit her singing talent and good looks from her mother? And she would have been murdered. She would have been nobody. Yeah. I mean, but that's life. I mean, I guess. This is like a hard lesson. (laughs) Easy for some, hard for others. Some of us just have to get by on our comedic talents. Okay, yes, I'm ready for the predictions. I think it's, this is going to be pretty easy. Oh, yeah? The first movie is about Amanda Seyfried trying to figure out who her father is and meeting these three dudes that her mom is like, look, it's one of these three. I, I had sex with all three of them. And Amanda Seyfried's going to go to each of them and meet them. I think she goes to Sweden to meet Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, you think I she's think traveling. She, okay. Yes, I think she goes to maybe to England to meet Pierce Brosnan. 
I think maybe so maybe Japan to meet Colin Firth or wherever wherever Colin Firth is doing business at she'll go there it seemed weird because it seemed like Pierce Brosnan was there first like he was like the main dad almost she said my stepfather so I wonder I wonder if, if they got back together right but then and that's who what, raised her what happened with his fiance I think they'll get more into that actually because we just got a picture and she was like is that your fiance and we're like, wait, where did that come from? So I think that will be explained in the first one. Okay, questions. Meryl Streep's going to be a main character in the yes. first one. Is she running this hotel? Well, that's the thing I don't understand. Because it looks dilapidated. It looks run down. My but it guess, says grand reopening. It's got to be, she's been running it this whole time by herself, but it's unsuccessful or it's fallen on hard times. So did she really stay in Greece that whole time? She must have. Then why doesn't Sophie have any kind of accent? Because I think she just raised her alone. She's not like speaking Greek or... You're telling me that that old lady running the coffee shop didn't really raise Sophie? Right. While her mom was out banging more dudes? I know. I can't believe that that woman's son who sang in the band didn't also sleep with her. (laughs) That's the real father right there. She was real into that guy. I bet that he's going to be in the running in the first one. (laughs) Okay. I think it's going to be I don't real, know if he's going to be in the first one. I think it's going to be real comedic, though. Yeah. When Meryl Streep says, well, yeah, your then, father's one of three men. Yeah. And then I think kind of the ending, I think maybe the three dudes will kind of fight. I think two never knew that they could possibly be the father. So they're going to maybe be fighting amongst each other. Because in this one, there's a thing at the end where they're like, oh, I think that... You know, the grandson had my ears. Oh, I yeah. think so. I think they'll be fighting and then they'll resolve at the end. Let's all be the father. I also think there'll be a thing like uh, over the paternity should we get a blood test? Should we not? Yeah. And they decide let's not and let's all be the father. It's like Schrodinger's father. We were both, we're all the father, we're all not the father. Weird. I think that's a little weird. Yeah, why the fuck we're living in a modern age. Find out who the father is for paternity, for, uh, Payments for childcare. <laughs> I think maybe she's beyond for that. For genetic testing, like find out all the reasons. Yeah, I don't know. So I think, but I think the ending or towards the ending, there'll probably be like five endings. But towards the ending, they will all decide. Well, I'll be the father. They'll all get along. That'll be the happy resolution. I think the mom will, is gonna be real unlikable, though. I think she's she, she's gonna be like, "Mom, who's my dad?" And she's gonna be like, "Forget that. Let's sing and twirl <laughs> and not care." Interesting, maybe. Well, what do you think? What do you think? Maybe she doesn't run the hotel because if she dedicated her whole life to her daughter, maybe she gave up her dreams to just raise the daughter. That would be an interesting. And take. now the daughter's like, I got to open this hotel because this was my mom's dream that she gave up to raise me. Ooh, so maybe she finds some photos of her mom young. Yeah, and she was like, "What What's you this? were? You yeah. were a dancing queen?" Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, you said dancing queen? <laughs> Did somebody say dancing queen?" <laughs> And then she's like, oh, man, that was really good. Mamma Mia. Oh, oh did you say Mamma Mia? again. <laughs> and she's like, Mom, you had sex with three guys in three days? And she's like, yeah, you, I guess you could say that was my Waterloo. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That's where Napoleon was defeated. So your Waterloo was like your lowest point. Why would that be her lowest point? <laughs> All right, good, good point. See, that's what I don't get because I... I'm so for this woman just living her best life, banging her way across Greece. Uh, but I just want to know the particulars. <laughs> I mean... All right, that one didn't quite fit, I guess. <laughs> All right, who's in it? Colin Firth, Pierce Brosnan. Yes, yes. Stellan Skarsgård. Yes. Meryl Streep. Amanda Seyfried. Yes. 
Christine Bransky yes, and the Friends? they gotta be. I think so, too. I think they gotta be. Is Andy Garcia in the first one? I think no way. But why is he? He's in this oh, one like we should know, you know who what? he is. They do say he's the hotel manager. All right. I Okay. He's in it. I mean, if anything, Old Parker loves star-studded <laughs> elderly cast. Yeah. Will there be more? Will Everyone's be- horny and banging. If we've learned anything from Exotic Marigold Hotel. Yeah, we've learned a lot about Old Parker's style. Yeah. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah, I like that he has a style. I guess. Hotels. Some people you just don't know. Old British people getting their freak on. Will there be any other, like, will Michael Caine be in the first one? Will there be any other stars that we don't know about? I think they'll probably be, no. I was going to say another contender. Oh, a fourth possible. But he man. will have died or something. Here's a question. How does Meryl Streep die? Does she yeah. die at the end of that one? That was one of my big questions. Oh, you know what? What? I got it. Okay. Meryl Streep discovers she has cancer. Oh. Her life is ending. She confesses to her daughter, Pierce Brosnan's your stepfather, but I don't know who your real father is because one summer when I was 20 years old, I banged a bunch of dudes. Mm -hmm. My dream Mm -hmm. was always to live in Greece and open this hotel, but I never did because you got in the way and messed things up. Got, yeah. So now the daughter's like, I have all these missions. Live out my mother's dream. Find these men. Tell them I might be their daughter. Tell them the love of their life is dying. This all bonds us oh, together. and they all come together. That's why they make the pact of not finding out, because they think the daughter's amazing. I like it. Hey, what's so good about the daughter? They're all like, oh, we're so proud of our daughter. What, yeah. she, what does she do? She seems like she has a lot of trauma that she needs to be taken <laughs> care of. She needs to be in therapy. Yeah. Well, do you think she meets Sky, or does she already know Sky? Who's Sky? Yeah, good question. He's got to be in it. He's got to be... Is he supposed to be Greek? My guess is... Ooh. He doesn't look Greek, but he looks dark-complexioned. Right, which so is how they cast movie, everybody. Yeah, he's the only non-blonde. He had a British accent, though. So my guess is no. Oh, Unless okay. she meets him at, like... You know, there's a montage where she's learning how to open a hotel, and she meets him at, like, hotel montage school. But if she's learning how to open a mo- hotel... Why is this the grand reopening? Do you think she opens the hotel and maybe it's like a disaster? Maybe. Or I think maybe her mom opened it for a year but was like, I couldn't sustain the hotel or you and I had to make a choice and I chose you. So like she goes back and she sees that it's boarded up or whatever. Hmm. Oh my God. What about this? Okay. Mom doesn't have cancer. The mom opens up the hotel. There's this big opening. Then huge storm come and kills everybody, including the mom. And the whole place is destroyed. That's why she has to reopen it. Mama Mia the Musical features Meryl Streep dying in a typhoon, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, it seemed like a really bad storm both times in the flashback Mm -hmm. and now. So it's just a bad place to open a hotel. It's just storms all the time. Don't do it. But that's you got to live your mom's dream, impractical though it may be. Yeah, I think she wouldn't have liked that advice. I hope that at the end of this movie, Amanda Seyfried goes with Skye back to New York. <laughs> Gives up this Greek hotel dream? Well, like, let it run itself or give it back to the woman who gave it to your mother for nothing in the first place. Let that family live up the success. Your future's not there. It's weird. Yeah. But I think Pierce Brosnan will be her main father, quote-unquote, which is weird because he's the shittiest one. Yeah. He had a fiance. But I feel like... 
Oh. There's got to be a story there. We were mm-hmm. betrothed or something. Yeah. I didn't okay, even want to marry it. her. Yeah. We had never met. Who knows? It was an arranged marriage. Who knows what it's going to be? All right. F. Mary Kill, Bill, Harry, Sam. Oh, my God. In the old versions or the young versions? <laughs> young versions. Well, if I'm going to be anything like this movie, I'm just going to F everybody. I <laughs> know. I'm saying you got to... <laughs> You gotta have Mary kill because um, she married Sam, right? I would have married Harry. I, I would have married the best. Harry. I liked Harry. I would have killed Bill. Although it did seem to be heavily implied that Harry was not good at sex. No, but he would have gotten better, I guess, over yeah, time. Poor, poor Harry. Harry. And so, okay, marry Harry, kill Bill, and then F. You just want to say kill Bill. No, and then F Sam because she spent three weeks with him loving it until she found <laughs> out he was engaged. I think. And that, then married him. Actually. Yeah, that would have been the top choice. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably kill Bill too because they said there's one point where the old yeah yeah is like he got so many notches on his bedposts. The, bed the bed's going to fall apart. Because Bill was like, she said he's the most famous playboy around these parts. Yeah, weird. The whole thing was weird. You know what else is weird? And he apparently had a twin brother. Yeah. We can talk about the movie for a long time. <laughs> How is ABBA going to fit into the first one? <laughs> I, I don't know. How th- many ABBA songs over under do you think are in the first one? I'll say 15. 15? I, this seemed like a lot of songs. I'll say, all right, maybe 12. But how many will be repeats that we already heard? Probably like at least say four. Eight songs. So weird. What a weird... And two repeats and one remix repeat. A remix repeat? Yeah, it'll be like a really short, like, Mama Mia, and then uh, they change it up somehow. Oh, man. I really got to read the story behind this. I'm Do so fascinated to read this story. there will be a cameo appearance by ABBA in the first one? Yes. Because I think... Because one of the producers was named Bjorn, which is either the Bjorn from ABBA or just, you know, a Swedish guy. But there was like a part in the Waterloo dance sequence where there was this old piano player that I feel like they hung on his face. I think that might have been an ABBA guy. Okay, so you think the first one ABBA's going to appear? Yes. I'm really satisfied with my prediction so far. I think so. I think we nailed it. I think the friends are going to be in it. I think we're going to see a little bit of the relationship maybe with Harry and the other one, Julie. Rosie, but played by Julie Walters. Oh, Bill and Julie. Oh, yeah, I keep messing those two up, or those three. Yeah. Too many dads. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just, I can't even, I just, I feel like I haven't articulated enough how weird this movie was. No, it was pretty weird. And the premise is very weird because it wouldn't have been the first one I went with. I'm into the free love. I'm into ABBA being like the disco era. Maybe it will all make sense. When we see the first one, we'll be like, oh, this sequel flowed perfectly. But, man, as of now, I'm real confused. Yeah. All right. I think that's good. I think we got to watch Mamma Mia right away now. Yeah. Super excited. (laughs) As always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. This has been Reverse Sequels, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Reverse Sequels. Sing any ABBA for the outro? I can do. Can you do the pod, Fernando?